Hello and welcome to Hello Governor the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and my guest today is, introduce yourself. Jessica Osborne. So first question is the obvious one. How did you get started? Ooh, um, well, I, hmm. If we go back to childhood, I got started because I've always been a fan of voice actors from the time I was a, a little one. Um, I didn't think about it as a job until much later on uh, when, I don't know, I was playing Skyrim and got some mods and realized that they added fan content where people voice acted. <clears throat> and um, I auditioned for one and uh, was told I was pretty good. And then I did more of them and more of them. <laughs> And it led to a real gig. I mean, we all got to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I was doing a lot of volunteer work, but I did it for the love of it and because it was super fun. Uh, and then one of the uh, one of the folks that was working on a particular mod uh, ended up becoming a narrative designer on uh, Spellforce 3. And out of the blue, I got an audition for a character in there and I got it. So, yeah. And, and was Spellforce 3 like your first official video game or was there something else that predates? That? Yeah, that would have been, um, I think, the first, what I, you know, air quotes, pro gig that I did, wherein I got paid <laughs> uh, and went to a studio and recorded kind of thing. Um, but yeah, as far as the way in, I I just happened to know somebody and they, they asked me, they invited me in. <laughs> And what do you love and hate about what you do? Oh, um, I mean, the acting is great. Like, it's playing pretend, and I love playing pretend. It's very fun. Um, and it's really neat. Like, I personally do enjoy, like, seeing the final product because I am a gamer myself. I have a good time looking for that stuff uh, and just hearing everybody's work, really. Um, as far as what... What's not to like is it is a lot of work uh, and requires a ton of patience and grace for yourself of, you know, we send out auditions, many auditions a day, hear basically nothing back. So you'd never really know, am I doing well? Am I not doing something right? What's going on? Is it me? Is it them? Is it the industry? And the answer is it's possibly any all of those things or maybe none of those things and it's just timing but there's nothing there's no feedback to really tell you that and that can be kind of hard i mean it's it's basically the best way i can describe it after like talking to so many people it's basically just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks <laughs> yep you you are throwing things into the void and you hope eventually something comes back um and sometimes it's i mean I've had, had auditions that I've done that I felt were completely thrown away on my part, where I was just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. And I booked the gig. And then I've had stuff where I have like worked really hard with it. I felt good about what I sent, and then I never hear anything. So trying to find your method, if you are someone who is methodical by nature, uh, it can pose a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> And what was the best and worst piece of advice you've ever been given as an actor? Mm, gosh. I I go to so many classes and mentor with so many people. That's a tough one. Um, I would say 
I mean, really, in in general, this is kind of conflating a bunch of people saying sort of the same thing. It is that, like, having that understanding that, like, you can't, you can't let the bookings be the thing that you measure your success by. You have to enjoy the process itself uh, or you're just going to burn out really fast. So I think... The moment I, I myself stopped looking at it that way and just started looking at auditions as kind of a space to play and just enjoy that part of it and, you know, get to play with these characters for a little bit, have fun, maybe use it as a way to try something out because there's there's no harm in doing that, right? I can pretend and mess around. And if I just don't think it'll work, I don't send it. There's there's like zero stakes. Um. As far as worst piece of advice, there's a lot of bad advice <laughs> out there. Um, enough so that I think it can be very overwhelming because everybody has something to offer and everybody is saying something. And so it just more becomes hard to know what is good advice versus what is just noise. And out of all the projects you've worked on, which one would you say was the most challenging? Um, I mean, Call of Duty was pretty challenging because it is definitely the first of that kind that I have done. Um, I hadn't done vocally strenuous work like that before. Spellforce had some battle efforts, but it was very, very minimal. Didn't really require a lot of <clears throat> substantial effort. Um, Genshin Impact stuff is just, you know, it's it's lightweight character scene work because I'm not I wasn't doing playables. So it was just dialogue. Call of Duty was literally hours of everything projected. Uh, everything projected at a like, you know, you're talking across 10 feet, you're talking across 15, you're talking, at, you're shouting at 100 feet. Having to do that uh, and sustain that was challenging. Um, doing it the right way so that it didn't completely blow out my voice. Speaking of Call of Duty, how did you get involved mm -hmm. in that? Uh, that was just an audition. Um, I I get uh, I'm freelancing with Atlas presently, and uh, so I get stuff from them. They sent me some sides. I threw this was one of those ones where I was like, eh, I'll give it a try and see what happens, and uh, it did happen. <laughs> um, it was it was an accented role too, which uh, Norwegian was not an accent that I was intimately familiar with at the time. But before throwing auditions like that, I will usually spend a day or a few hours, depending on how much time I have, studying that, finding some good references of real native speakers of the language, listening, copying back, doing that sort of thing until I feel comfortable enough to produce it consistently, I guess. Um, and so I kind of did that, got comfortable with it, uh, with the feeling and the placement of that, and through the audition, and I got it <laughs> somehow. So it, it was not only uh, an accented role, which, you know, you mm -hmm. have to be very authentic when it comes to those types yes. of roles, because you, you can't, you know, because people will know if it's not authentic. Yeah, exactly. It, like, you have it's... to give it, you have to be respectful with it. <laughs> But it's also Call of Duty, which is a series that is notorious for, like, shredding people's voices. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is It is absolutely, uh, like, 
it's one thing to perform in an accent. It's also another to have to perform it quickly and uh, projected in that accent and make it still clear enough to be heard against all the other potential noise that would be going on in the game. So sometimes I had to dial it back a little, um, which, you know, might not be everyone's cup of tea, but it needs to be clearly understood is one of the first and foremost things because these are call-outs that players need to know what's going on, right? Oh, yeah. I think I remember an interview with someone and they said, like, you know, authenticity is great and all, but if I'm playing a character who's doing a lot of call-outs, I need to make sure that the player understands what I'm saying, yep. even if it doesn't sound 100% authentic. Because at the end of the day, you know, your goal is, okay, you know, get the player to understand something. You know, yep. It's like, yep. Yeah. X, X and, is here. X is there. Yeah. Go there. Go here. You know, whatever. Exactly. And if they're struggling, if if it's not, if you skew too far in the direction of the accent versus clarity, then it becomes problematic for a different reason. Um, and also people, like, dialects is one of those things I, I particularly have nerded out about most of my life. Uh, I think they're beautiful. And I think there's something that we should be happy about and and be willing to learn and understand um and listen to because every single dialect has something new new and unique to offer um but like i strive to make sure that they are real and that they respect kind of the character as well because each individual also has their own idiolect and so even if you're going for a given accent, not everybody with that accent is going to sound exactly the same. So, you know, it, you have to find individual, think of it from the individual perspective too. the way I speak general standard American accent in English uh, is still informed by where I'm from, my age, my personality and my predilections of like, what, you know, what do I, what have I learned? What do I like? What words do I like to use? How do I like to communicate? All that feeds into it. So it's going to be different for every single person. Yeah. I mean, that's why I kind of don't like it whenever I'm listening to something and it's, and it's just sound like everyone just has the same way of talking. That kind of bugs me. I don't know why that, that bugs me so much, but it, it does. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, again, like yourself is is very interested in dialects and and sure. how to <laughs> and how to like properly portray them in media mm-hmm. and it sometimes it kind of bugs me whenever like i i hear some someone who isn't like scottish or english or whatever trying their hardest to do an authentic accent but it just sounds so mm-hmm. off that it just it's like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> and it's i mean dialect work is is tough and uh not everybody's gonna excel at every single accent i have a bunch that i have in my toolkit but it's because i've taken pains to study them and and treat them you know i i listen to again native uh speakers speaking english in that dialect i'll listen to the actual language i i learn the fundamentals of each trait i try them on until I, it takes practice. You have to work with it in your mouth until you really can get it right and, and feel that same placement and all of these different things that go into it. Um, And you can, you know, 
there's that spectrum again you can dial it really heavy or you can dial it really subtle um because of the internet now a lot of people outside of the u.s can speak english with the same level of clarity as someone in the states and you would never know because it's all over the place and there's a lot of homogenization thanks to the internet Oh man, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who's who are like, you know, so you're American, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like it, there's there's just so much of it out there that it's very easy for for non-US folks to pick that stuff up and you'd never know. I mean, and I grew up in the 90s, so like my my mm-hmm. introduction to like the American dialect was via sitcoms, pro wrestling, sure all mm-hmm. that you know all that stuff like if it was yep. like popular in the 90s that's what my that's what my exposure was to mm-hmm. to that medium and i for the longest time i like I, i've said this before but for the longest time i just assumed that that's how everybody who spoke english sounded like but it wasn't until sure. like, years later did i realize oh no dialects are a thing like you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like it it's this is one of those things that's kind of sad to me is even um, particularly in the U.S., some of that homogenization is affecting dialects where most uh, most folks, like even if you're talking New York or in the southeastern states, the accents uh, for, for younger folks are kind of not as strong as they used to be because we're all online and because we all hear or see so much things from streaming where it's all kind of the standardized general midwestern or general american accents and so those those like nice regional or or uh, specific regional dialects that exist in uh those various corners of the u.s are starting to kind of get more subtle and kind of dwindle which is a little bit of a bummer (laughs) to me at least i think they're so much fun Oh man, that makes me sad because I I love the you know New York and Brooklyn accent. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I just it's 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 phenomenal. It's it's great. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, yep. I, that that makes me sad to hear that it's dying out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh man. Yeah, no, New York and Brooklyn in particular is very near and dear to my heart. That's uh, my grandmother who lived with me for uh, basically all of my childhood and uh, most of my adulthood uh, was from Brooklyn and. She she moved to Arizona when she was in her twenties, but she never lost the accent, <laughs> and it was great. I I love like it always reminds me of her hearing it, and it just it feels very comforting to me. Same same thing with like you know Canadian accents. I I feel like mm-hmm. you know because I was listening to a podcast, and you know I could tell like the two the two people were Canadian because they have sure. like, thick Canadian accents, and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of wish you know more <laughs> more Canadian media where like more mm-hmm. Canadian voice actors were allowed to use their natural accents and stuff instead yeah. of just like Americanizing everything. Yep, yep, yep. Having to tone it down. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's. I I think it's just it's character in and of itself, uh, which I think is really great. Um, I know in a lot of sides and in a lot of games, there is a lot of attention nowadays paid toward making sure accents are authentic, um, which I think is great. And that goes into like authentic casting and stuff as well, which we're gradually getting better about. Yeah, and you know, spe- you know, while we're on the subject of like dialects and authentic mm-hmm. casting, I, I, I'm kind of surprised ha- at how many 
Like it always surprises me, like how many like American actors are played by British a- actors, and and a lot sure. of like British characters are played by American actors, and it kind mm-hmm. of like it's so weird to me, like it, that that's become like the norm now, where it's like you know a mm-hmm. lot of British actors are are cast to play like these American American uh, characters, and sometimes you get like a lot of Americans playing like Irish or or British mm-hmm. British British people, and it's like oh, yeah. Like no one, basically, what what I'm trying to say is like no one gets hired to play themselves. Very often, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's why like it becomes like I'm I'm that that's why it becomes like such a I've become such a stickler when it comes to accents, you mm-hmm. know, because I can tell when someone who has like a really thick British accent is trying to speak in an American accent, and it's like sure. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. No, there there are tells if you if you really uh listen. I think the probably the average listener maybe doesn't doesn't pick up on it, but they might pick up that something is different. Um, but they won't really know why, right? But if you if you are into it enough or you are in tune enough with a given dialect, you will be able to tell like, okay, hmm, that's kind of weird. Um, but again, people have idiolects and speak in their own way, and it's kind of deceptive because sometimes you might think it sounds off, but it just turns out that maybe that person was, in fact, from that region, but they moved to a couple other places during their life and it affected their speaking pattern. <laughs> it happens a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've talked to people who, you know, a lot of like Canadian actors I've talked to mm-hmm. speak in like generic American accents because that's what sells. That's the, the type of characters they get hired to voice. So it's like. Sure. You know, you just pick it up, I guess. Yeah, you you talk a certain way long enough, and and it does become just a natural way you inhabit uh, your own voice. And that's why, like, I kind of respect uh, JB Blanc a lot because he's like, you know, the <laughs> day he moved to the states, he's like, I am gonna do everything in my power not to lose my accent (laughs) yeah absolutely uh absolutely no he's uh i've listened to interviews with him on podcasts before and was uh i just uh admire him so much for the kind of uh dialect stuff that he does um some of the things that i remember him saying in interviews actually informed i was kind of like oh yeah no that is that is what it feels like when you are using you know the brit this british accent or this american accent um, and it kind of started to key me into like, oh, that's how you can approach starting to study or work on a dialect. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, you know, Call of Duty, uh, like, do you, you know, have you played the game at all or have you not like, are you, can, you, can you not stand like <laughs> listening to yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, I have looked up the, the, the lines and footage on YouTube just to hear it. Um, I am unfortunately uh, really bad at FPS games. <laughs> um, I I just I can't aim for anything to save my life, uh, so I I have never really been a player of those games. But um, I've seen uh, I watched kind of like a let's play of uh, Modern Warfare Two a while like a while back, just to like when I was studying military callout type stuff and the style of the game. Uh, and I got really sucked into the the story in the in the campaign story mode. It was really cool, but I just I'm I'm no good at those games. Oh yeah, I mean back when I when I used to play Call of Duty, and this was like five years ago, mm-hmm. I, I basically like summed up my the basic Call of Duty experience was is just like they throw you into a match, 
you end you like you only have like I, I only get I am I only stay I only manage to stay alive for like what what two or three seconds before someone shoots me. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're you're thrown fully into the deep end and well good luck. You'll just have to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> it's like it's like that old Simpsons bit where it's like, uh Captain, I can't I can't avenge my partner's death with this pea shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I I am more of a uh like RPG uh gamer. I have been since I was uh again like a kid and uh I like 2D fighters. Haven't played in a while, but I was I was big on Blaze Blue for a number of years. I see Blaze Blue was a lot of fun, but I think my problem with that game is like it's just way too hard to get into. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those games where it's like you need like a a, a uh, a damn instruction manual just to, to yeah. write down everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's so much going on. Like that and Guilty Gear as well, um, which I love both. Um, Ishiwatari's uh, work is just good good music and brought me into it. But like, I was not good at those games, but I was good enough to play them with my friends who were equally bad. <laughs> oh man, I, I remember trying to play the latest g- Guilty Gear, and I'm like, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give this shit, I'll give this a shot, and I mm-hmm. was just so terrible at it. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. This is just, yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I love them, but I, uh, it takes me some time to get to a point where I feel even a little bit competent, and I will still not play like actual fans online because that. I would be destroyed in seconds, and they would be bored. <laughs> oh, forget fans! Like the AI for some is broken in those. Games. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, forget forget <laughs> the human, uh, forget humans. Like the AI in that game just, you know, made me so mad. I almost like chucked my controller at the screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Oh. Uh, I, I, I'm an easy mode uh, person all the way. I'm like, I don't care. I will play the baby, the baby mode. So be gentle with me, CPU. <laughs> and it just kind of really sucks because you're like you know you're trying to learn everything mm-hmm. and it just like it just destroys you and then it's like am i really terrible and then you, and i go play like street fighter or like yeah. know, mortal Kombat, and i and i'm fine mm-hmm. with those games but it's like what mm-hmm. is it about guilty gear that's like i don't get this you know there's there are so many pieces and parts in it it's just like you have to you have to know first of all you know 2d fighter basics but then on top of that you have to understand all the other little systems they've added on top which it takes time fighting games in particular are all about mastery and if you don't have the time or the willingness like they're fun to play casually too on some level but i i would not try to play against someone who actually like spends their time in those games (laughs) I mean, I don't mind stuff like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat because those mm-hmm. games have like easy systems that I can, you know, get behind. Yeah. Like anybody can pick up and play those games. I don't care what. I don't. I don't care. Like it's they're easy. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. easy compared mm-hmm. to like the Guilty Gear series because like Guilty Gear, man, like it's just one of those games where I tried it. I tr- I really did try to, to find <laughs> a character or anything to to just uh-huh. like understand the fundamentals, but it's just like. Okay, I, I I don't understand what you want from me. <laughs> like, yeah, what am I doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of elements, and like on some level, you've got to learn enough about each character 
as well to to really understand uh how to deal with each of them um which you know the casts in these are not small <laughs> so that's a that's a lot of study oh yeah like you think like oh you know this character is going to be a pushover but no they're not oh yeah exactly <laughs> I I have been absolutely clobbered across the screen by the computer controlled version of May <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I I was just about to say it was May that made me like almost quit the game. Like I I just could Oh not, yeah, absolutely. I, and I was playing on easy mode by the way. So it's like mm-hmm. I, you know, same. I just I just, just want to get through the story. Can I please no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, no. That was that that felt especially brutal and stands out in my memory uh i think it was was it strive i don't even remember what the most recent one is um whichever one that was i i also had a similar issue of just trying i was just trying to make it through like the story mode or the arcade mode and kind of learn my way around and oh no i was on that match a good 20 times before i got past it i think (laughs) and then you get to like the final boss of the arcade and i'm like that's it this dude's a pushover yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's always that one that's like in the middle where they've ramped the difficulty just enough that that character becomes particularly annoying to deal with like you know forget 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 the the main bad guy may is like the main villain of the the game as far as yeah yeah absolutely it's a fun time but also uh yeah no Hand cramps also are just a thing that will happen over time. <laughs> oh, that happens just like when I'm playing just like games in general, because especially when you're playing like open world games and you have to like button oh, sure. mash, it's just sure, like, sure. Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, I mean, there's a reason why I cannot play Genshin for more than a couple hours, because like, you know... <laughs> I just keep mashing those buttons and mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm scared I'm going to break the controller. I'm really scared oh. I'm going to break the controller. Yeah, I I play, I I have been playing Genshin since launch and I play uh, with my mouse and keyboard. Um, and that has worked for me. I tried it with a controller once or twice and I just was like, nah, this is not working. Um, largely because I like the archers a fair bit and aiming with a controller once again. <laughs> My problem is aiming. I can't do it with a controller. <laughs> so uh, I, I just, I've stuck to mouse and keyboard and that has worked uh, fairly well for me. But yeah, if you're playing for hours at a time, you'll probably still get a little bit of hand cramping if you're not careful. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're like grinding, because I think, you know, again, this, I've talked about this many times, but, I, you know, my mm-hmm. biggest issue with Genshin as a whole is that, you know, it's just such a grindy game and it's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, like, can I, can I get an auto mode, please? Can I just like... <laughs> You know, if... they're they're gacha games. They're designed to keep you playing, and like uh, Genshin in particular is because it is as much an open world game as it is a gacha game. Like part of the gameplay is the action oriented combat versus like Star Rail, which is more turn based RPG. Of course, it has an auto mode, and thank God for that. <laughs> It's it's kind of embarrassing going from Star Rail back to Genshin and realizing that <laughs> that, I, that I that it takes me an eternity just to level up a, a single character. But in Star Rail, it's yeah, like, yeah, there you go, <laughs> I leveled them up. Yeah, you just you, you turn it on auto and walk away and be like, oh, okay, cool, I got all my farming materials, great. 
because I remember just like fighting the same boss over and over and over and mm -hmm. over again just to get uh Zhang Li's um oh, sure. materials and it's just like why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, the the early curve is is a real problem. Uh I I have gotten to the point in that one where I uh have sort of made my my perfect parties at this point and stuff's almost too easy now. <laughs> Which probably doesn't say complimentary things about how much I was playing the game in the early days, but you know, it makes it easier now. <laughs> oh no, that's that's why. Like I, I immediately jumped on Star Rail when it first came out mm -hmm. on PlayStation mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, it's still early. I can yeah, just like get, get everything yeah. now and then not have yep. to worry about the later curve that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jump jumping in uh, before it becomes overwhelming to get caught up to whatever is going on for sure. Yeah, I got all the characters I wanted to get in um, mm -hmm. in Honkai, mm -hmm. and and I was shocked at how easy I managed to get them via again going back to Genshin, where it takes me mm -hmm. forever just to pull one character, and I'm like, sure, uh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, my my luck in my Star Rail account is weirdly better than my luck in my Genshin account. Um, the Genshin account gets offset by money. <laughs> Because that's how Gacha games want you to work with them, sadly. I mean, the fact that I managed to pull um, Sila and Topaz and get their light cones, it's mm. like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much yeah. set. <laughs> I mean, that that's awesome. Yeah, I I, I was obliged to pull for uh, Topaz and Bailu and uh, Lacha because I know all of their voice actors and i was like i'm gonna pull for your character i promise and uh i fortunately uh i like my my first freebie one that i got was vilu so i was very happy uh because sue is a good friend so i was like look i got you <laughs> oh that's another one that i got early on as well because mm -hmm. if i had not gotten her early on in game i would have like i would have got my ass kicked because i was like i could not oh yeah Oh god, I could not have built a a, a good team with Nat. Nat is yeah. like not a good healer. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. You the 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 better the healer you have, the easier a journey uh, Star Rail becomes. Is what I have experienced. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like once I switched out uh, Nat to Bailu in later and mm -hmm. later sections of the game, I just like get kept steamrolling everybody. It's like <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, uh, uh, Craig Lee Thomas, who voices Lacha, I pretty much told him, I was like, yeah, this guy never leaves my party, so thank you. <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't get Lacha because, again, I was waiting for, um, PlayStation, mm. but I did get yeah. the, what's her name? The, the new, the new character that they got out that's basically like Lacha, but if you didn't get Lacha, get this character because she's Lacha Light. Is that, yeah. um, Lynx? Or uh, the fox girl, the the new fox girl. The uh, oh, shoot! She, she has a Chinese name, but I I don't want to butcher the pronunciation because I know yeah. it's, it's uh, uh, Courtney Lynn's character. Let's just you know, Courtney Lynn's. Oh, character. oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I I am not caught up to the most recent uh, banners because I life got very busy and I had to stop playing basically every video game for a while. Uh, so I'm like uh. Oh yeah, it's like uh ho ho, I think. 
might yeah, be her. Ho, ho. Yeah, I, I got okay. her. Yes. So it's like, you know, and because I heard like, you know, if you don't have Lacha, which I don't, because again, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I waited for the PlayStation release. So it's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm going to, it's going to be a while before we get like a rewrite sure. of Lacha. So it's like, hey, you know, Hopefully she's, not. She's, she's like Lacha light. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it'll work. <laughs> and she's cute. <laughs> Yeah, so and, and she's voiced by you know Courtney Lynn, which again, you know, <laughs> I I am so glad I got uh, them on early on. I I remember interviewing them way back in twenty twenty one, and I said like you know they were gonna be like the one of the big big breakout stars, mm-hmm. and I was right. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, they were like Draculaura in the Monster High reboot. And, yeah, yeah. And they were because I remember when I interviewed them the the most recent thing that they did was Cookie Run Kingdom mm-hmm. you know cuz they, mm-hmm. they played Squid and Cookie and I you know that's another gotcha game that I play and I'm like sure know, sure you know so so that was pretty cool like you know just to see them get a get another role in the gotcha game it's like mm-hmm. that's pretty cool yeah getting getting into that space is fun yeah <laughs> love Courtney uh, it's she uh, there she's 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 fantastic very like I I'm always glad to see her in in more stuff yeah um you know but but uh you know speaking of genshin and gotcha games like how did you get involved mm-hmm. in that game? um oh boy uh playing it or playing in it <laughs> or both just in general i guess <laughs> uh gosh let's see um i do not remember how it came across my radar other than i remember really liking the artwork and being like huh what is this um had it not been possible to play it on PC, I probably would have never picked it up because I am absolutely terrible at uh, jumping onto and sticking with mobile games. I just, I don't know. I just don't play games on my phone. Um, so I tried it. I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit and stuck with it, playing it for ages. Um, before, in fact, I got even super serious about voice acting, I was like playing Genshin. Um, and, uh, over time, as I got serious about voice acting and taking classes and things, um, I took a class with Brooke Chalmers, one of the directors, uh, on the project, and then kind of started coaching with him and got cast for some NPC roles, which was really cool and uh, was very exciting. I, I always enjoy playing NPCs. It brings me back to my weird Skyrim mod roots where I've played a bajillion NPCs. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, they got to fill up the world somehow. Yeah. Well, and like, they're not less of a character, really, because everybody in that world has a life they are living and you have to... You know, you have to treat them still like a whole person as an actor. Well, yeah. I mean, even I think what I like about, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say like all the, all the NPCs are well-written, but I do like that there's a lot more effort being put into like character, you know, characterizing Mm -hmm. them as, as individuals, as opposed to just, I am quest giver guy. Here is a quest (laughs) that you must go on. Please go fetch me 20 things from over there. I will wait here until you're done. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting like World of Warcraft flashbacks. Oh, gosh, yes. Like... <laughs> yes. Oh, World of Warcraft and the umpteen billion UPS quests or hunting quests. 
I played many years of that game as well, and the memories are both fond and not so fond sometimes. I need a favor. Can you can you go to this area and get me <laughs> six of these things, please? Thank you. <sighs> yeah, the old vanilla grind sure was a rough one. Um, <laughs> I feel like they fleshed that out over time as they, they themselves learned more about the world, which was really great. Um, but a thing that I that I think that I love that Genshin does in particular is that um, very often in the character quest lines or in some of the event quest lines, they do elevate certain NPCs and make the story a little more about them or the world and use that to tell you more about the world versus fully loading the storytelling burden onto only the playable cast. I think it's kind of neat because that way it does mean there are other people living in this world other than just, you know, the the characters you can pull for and spend money on. It makes it feel a little more fleshed out. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, what was it? Honkai Star Rail does the does the whole, I remember mm -hmm. the, 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 the LaFu uh, arc had this whole subplot with the with the cult that you join. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. like, that was a subplot that you think that it's like, oh, you know, maybe that's just going to flesh out the world. And it does, but it also like leads into the big twist of that whole arc, which I thought was, mm -hmm. okay, that was interesting. At least like you're doing something new with it, I guess, like trying to yeah. integrate the a subplot with the main plot of, with the main story mm -hmm. arc was really interesting. You know, kind of wish yeah, Genshin exactly. did that a little bit more, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they, uh, Honkai's storytelling is particularly tight and I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed with it so far. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's simpler, but at least I can like follow what's going on a little <laughs> bit than Genshin. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also a difference of how many years they've both been out too, right? Like Genshin didn't start out quite that complex. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine we'll see things unfold more and more with Star Rail, but, uh, they also, I, the way I look at it too, is that these two games are, are fundamentally different gameplay styles and that can also impact story. Yeah, because, um, and I mentioned this before in another episode, mm -hmm. but I do like what they did with with Honkai where they mm -hmm. end up switching you from like the main character to Don, mm -hmm. Don Hong mm -hmm. and his subplot yeah. on the Law Fu. And I'm like, okay, that's great. It develops Don Hong. Yep. It develops like these other characters it introduces us to Lacha, who will be important mm -hmm. later. So, you mm -hmm, know. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, they do. They do some really interesting things there. Um, I think by virtue of the fact that Star Rail is a more traditional JRPG style affair. Specifically, it reminds me a lot of the, I want to say like the early PS2 JRPGs, like the Xenosaga type of series, where it's a very curated kind of experience. It gives them more storytelling control versus an open world game where it's much more about go over there and find stuff, learn about the world through reading things that you find or doing all of these other things. And then having to tell a story on top of that, uh, that is challenging. You're going to have some misses just as a nature of having to deal with a world that is fundamentally supposed to be big and you're supposed to discover things versus these sort of on rails no pun intended experience that you get in star rail yeah and i'm not and i'm not saying like one is better than the other like they're both. yeah no they're, they're different yeah they're both different and that's you know i'm not trying to be like oh you know this this one's better than the other one but i mean i just 
I just find it interesting because I, I feel like, you know, I, I mean, I, I used to joke, it's like, oh, it's Genshin in space, but no, <laughs> Honkai is Honkai is a totally different animal. Yeah. And while it is still a gotcha game, while it still has some of the same mechanics that Genshin has, it is totally a different mm -hmm. game. And, you know, it's just it has a different story, has a, diff has a different, you know, the mm -hmm. world building is totally different from, from, uh, from uh, Genshin. I mean, I remember Genshin, like, God, they have to build up every every new world that you that you have to go into. Yeah, and every so, time you drop into a new a new country, you have to you know learn all over again, <laughs> um, which is not untrue of Honkai so far anyway. Uh, but there, I I almost feel the way I am seeing Honkai play out feels almost a little more like episodic, like a TV show kind of a thing. Um. Hence the tighter storytelling versus Genshin is very much a video game. <laughs> oh, I, I think one of the things I really do dislike about Genshin is the fact that if you do miss out on some of the events, you do miss out yeah. on certain important story yeah. details. And it's kind of like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that that one has been a, a bit of a thorn for me for years. Um, I I know I get why they do it because part of their ethos really seems to be about the world is growing and changing with you, but at least let us replay those stories somehow if we miss the event. <laughs> like I there's there's immense FOMO there, and I suppose that might also be possibly by design, but it is a bit of a bummer. Oh yeah, you want to know uh, this this crucial moment with Scaramouche and what his motivation is? Well, if you didn't play the event, you wouldn't know. So <laughs> if you weren't around in one point two, I think it was, you didn't even know who the heck that guy was. <laughs> yep, and you know when you get to him in Samaru, like the Traveler and and mm -hmm. Paimon already know who he is, and it's like, wait a minute, yeah. how do they know who, who he is? Well, because they yeah. know of the event that you missed out on. Yeah, yeah. I I believe the dialogue is different for players who were there and met him in one point two when you run into him in Inazuma, uh, versus if that is the first time you run into him. Um, I remember seeing some footage of that on YouTube, and I was like, well, at least they're acknowledging it. That's kind of nice. <laughs> But I, but I will say I am forever disappointed that um, Albedo's subplot was uh, was relegated to an event. I, yeah, no, I, I would like, please, please have one non-event story quest for Albedo. Justice, justice for the Alchemist boy. I, I like him a lot. <laughs> he was one of my mainstays for a very long time until I got Zhongli, who was just objectively broken. <laughs> Oh no, I I remember like having so much trouble with the tumor uh, subquest, but then I when I got mm -hmm. you know Zhang Li, I just like shielded myself and it just like broke yeah. the damn thing. It's like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And now he's like, you're never leaving my team because I, I I needed a good shield a shield guy, and and people yep. were like, you know, if you want a shield guy, you have to get Zhang Li because you know no one else is comes close to being as good as he is. And I was like, okay, yeah. I pulled for him and. Even like basic Zhongli is just ridiculously broken. Like, oh yeah, he, he's ridiculously broken. And then if you just pile on all the other things that you can do or constellations, then it's just silly at that point. <laughs> uh, 
Although that's probably true of quite a few characters, uh, at least amongst the five stars. I mean, D. Luke like starts out. I mean, I, I'll I'll say it. You know, D. Luke is one of my favorite characters, and that mm. you know I did not expect for him to be like a one of my main DPSs. But like when mm-hmm. I remember getting him, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll build him up, and then you know I got like I think C one or C two D. Mm-hmm. Luke, and mm-hmm. he's just like. Oh yeah, he broke. he starts to pop off around that time. I have I have quite a few of him as well. I don't use him as much as I used to, but uh, he was my main uh, fire DPS for a really long time. I still uh, I, I'm still kind of regretting not getting uh, C C one Hu Tao because C one Hu Tao mm. is just like oh yeah yeah god mode. <laughs> most most of my friends are are Hu Tao mains. I I am the outlier uh, amongst my entire group. I have been a child main since that character came out, and I will not apologize. <laughs> I mean, I I I mean to to be fair, I am one of those people who who who's like you know what I know Beto isn't like the best in terms she's, of like she's fun though. Yeah. <laughs> But I like that character a lot, and Allegra is great. So yeah, no, absolutely. I I love everything Allegra uh, does. Uh, all of her characters are always so so fun to watch. Beto's fun. I just suck at countering, so I never really played her very much. But I would have her in my team for her shield stuff sometimes. I remember using Noel a lot for shields because you know mm-hmm. I didn't have Zhang Li, so it's like okay, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. has decent shields? Okay, you have decent shields, and you have you're you're like a what do you call it? Uh, big sword user. Mm-hmm. I, I know how to play with those characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm not as big of a Claymore uh, player because it just is a little too slow for me. Um, but they have their uses. Oh no, D. Luke is fun. Come on, you know, just like battering yeah. people. Well, he gets a speed buff. That's why. <laughs> At least for me. Um, but yeah, like that's the, one of the things that I do love about that game. As far as the gameplay goes, like everybody kind of finds their niche, and and you can find the thing you enjoy. And there are always going to be characters that will suit that niche. Also, I, I remember uh, when I met. Um... And Yocto at a con, I, I told him, mm-hmm. like, man, what a difference does it make when you get, like, Raiden Shogun on your team versus... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, uh, like, God, Inazuma launched on my birthday, and I pulled for Raiden and got her, and I was like, well, happy birthday to me. <laughs> oh, you're lucky, because I remember... <laughs> I remember when that when Inazuma launched, and I'm like, okay, there is no way am I am I gonna get Raiden Shogun, but I but I do like this character, and I do want to talk to the actor, and that, but I, and then I remember mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. um, and that's when I met when the first time I met Anne, you know, when I reached out to her, and I, and I said like, you know, do you want to you know do the podcast, and she's like, yeah, sure, and you know, it kind of sucked that we couldn't talk about spoilers because again, it was like during like you know, Inazuma's launch and people still were figuring out the game and what have you, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like... But I enjoyed that one. And and Anan is, like, one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. She's she's lovely. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm a huge Raiden fan. You know, she's 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 great, and and I got real lucky when they re ran her banner. I, I just oh got sure her off, off the fifty fifty, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, thank you. 
Yeah. Now Genshin now, like especially nowadays, because they have so many characters, they're very good about doing the reruns these days, uh, which is helpful if there's somebody you happen to miss or just a banner you had very terrible luck on, right? Like it happens. <laughs> Sometimes you look at the amount of money you you spent on the uh, banners, mm. and it's like, mm-hmm. oh boy, <laughs> I I choose not to think about that too much. <laughs> But, you know, I the way I look at that is if it is a thing you are regularly playing and you are enjoying it, it is an investment into your enjoyment as long as you don't go, you know, beyond your means. It's just sure. the way games are nowadays, too, is so many of them are like a games as a service is just sort of the design philosophy. Uh, and it just means like we subscriptions to MMOs have been a thing for years and nobody batted an eye at playing that. Or paying that, right? <laughs> oh man, I remember. I remember the early days of like launch WoW, where you had to like mm. buy the game and then buy a subscription yep. to the game. And yep. it's like why? But it's like, yep. but, but how else are we going to make the money? But it's like why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why in the first yeah. place? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it it's interesting stuff. Like I I look into this kind of thing a lot because um my day job is not as a voice actor. My day job is in software design. <laughs> So I work in tech uh, and pay attention to these things because there's a lot of overlap uh, with the games industry as well. And it's just sort of fascinating to see how it all has evolved over time where we've gotten away from um, ownership of the product to subscription to the product or pay as you go with the product. Gasha is a little bit like that too. It's also gambling, let's be real. But it is a little bit of like if you choose to pay in, you you do so you opt in willingly. Yeah, I mean, I didn't start playing Genshin until like twenty twenty one. So, mm-hmm. and 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 even then, I didn't take it th- all that seriously. I'm like, okay, this sure. is like whatever, you know. I mean, it took me a while to to even like get off the ground with that game. I, I don't I don't think I'd start mm-hmm. playing it. I, I don't it's think- a slow start. At least from what I remember, it's been years at this point. <laughs> oh no, it took me forever to get past the prologue. I'm like, why am I still mm-hmm. in the prologue? Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. they they lock you out of 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 yeah of the of the pro of the story missions because you're like, oh, you got to get your adventure rank up. Yeah, you're trying to get yeah. your adventure rank up early in the game when you don't have access. It's to another slow. Areas. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. No, I I rem- it was challenging too. Like early engines kind of hard. <laughs> Especially if you don't have a lot of characters to choose from outside of the ones they give you. <laughs> yeah, because and I remember it was still pandemic, so I wasn't going to go out and like you know spend spend money. Sure, on stuff, you know? so, sure, absolutely. So it's like okay, I I I guess I better like start saving up pymations or or whatever the whatever the heck the the currency is called. And no, oh, yeah, 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 the and, the gems. Yeah. And just like try to get somebody good, and it's like okay, <laughs> I know I got Noel. The mm-hmm, game pitied mm-hmm. me, and I got Noel. Is she good? Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, please give me something. What What do I have to work with here? <laughs> I just built an entire uh, an entire uh, what what do you call it? Uh, God, a Claymore user team. Mm-hmm, I, I think mm-hmm. it was like I think it was like Noel D Luke were like my two main dps's and and i switched out i switched out beto uh, 
I, I, I did have like Barbara for a while, but then I switched her out mm-hmm. to Beto and because mm-hmm. you know, Noelle has that whole healing. Thing sure. She has a little so, bit of healing. I yeah. think I'm not a big Noelle user myself. Yeah. She has that whole healing thing. So I switched her out for um, uh, Beto and the only non Claymore user was a Kaye. So there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was a Kaya main for a really, really long time before I picked up a child and was like, Oh, this, ch- this has everything I want. I can do ranged. I can do melee. I love this. <laughs> is he the only character who can do range and melee or is there another character that can do that? I think he is unless, uh, unless that has changed very recently. Because I have not played any of the new characters. Because again, I I I'm like you know what mm. I I'm only gonna save up for the uh, Hydro Archon and that's it. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, like, yeah, yeah. Spending money on anyone else. <laughs> I I haven't played a lot of the the new new characters extensively because again grinding and I haven't had time. But uh, most of the Fontaine ones seem pretty fun. Uh, I've really only managed to level up uh, Linny because I, I love a good magician boy and I like archers, so I did pull for him. Oh, Linny is like, I've seen people play with him and, and he's broken. It's like, holy mm. crap. He's like one of the best damage dealers in the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, Gacha games and power creep are also just a thing. <laughs> so that's that's unsurprising. Remember pulling for him because I'm like, you know what? I want to get all the siblings and I did. So. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And they're all they're all pretty fun. Yeah, but I mean, I, like one of them is a Claymore user, and I'm like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go back to Claymore, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've fiddled a little bit with Fremenet, and he, he seems decently fun. I don't have him leveled enough to see his true potential, but uh, I've been enjoying the, the gameplay loop with that character, so to speak. Well, I mean, I mean, you, you, you talk about archers, and... I remember because I'm on Samaru now. I mean, I know. Mm, I'm, sure, sure. I'm sorry. I have a life outside. <laughs> it's all right. I I like did a bunch of 4.0 so I could run around and grab footage of my NPCs for for my reels and stuff. And um, I've only I I got stopped there because my day job got very busy and I haven't been able to pick it back up again. And I feel so guilty. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just got to Sumeru. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to get to Fontaine, but I couldn't because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I have a life. I got Takes to, time. to do. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that kind of annoyed me about Sumeru was like, oh, there are puzzles that require archers. Oh, sure, like, sure, sure. And I don't like playing archers. Okay, who do I yeah. have who's a good archer? Okay, Fox Boy, you know? And I'm yeah, surprised yeah. how much I like him because it's like, yeah, he's pretty good. I don't know why I was hesitant to play him for a mm-hmm, while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, gosh, I think, I don't know. I probably have every archer in the game at this point. Uh, I don't love all of them. Um, certain ones are not quite my style, but I think Tenari is pretty fun. I used him for a little while, but then I got Nahida, and then I needed no other Dendro character ever again. <laughs> the Archons are broken. That's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get all the the Archons, but it's like, again, it's like either... I was at that point where I asked myself, okay, you can either save up for the Hydro Archon, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you can try to get Venti. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's tough, but it's like, I, I'm sorry, Venti, you know, there are other characters yeah. that do a crowd control, so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you gotta pit, you gotta play to your faves. 
because I knew, like, like I said, you know, I just wanted the Hydro Archon because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. these other two characters are seem pretty mm-hmm. cool, but I know that the mm-hmm. Archons are broken. You know, that's been yep. proven. So it's like, yep. you know, better get them early yep. now and level them up later, so you can just like yep. steamroll everything. Yeah, and on some lo- some level too, it's like there are other factors involved. Do you like their design? Do you like the character? <laughs> <laughs> like that you have to consider that too sometimes or at least i certainly do uh if i don't like the character character i'm probably not going to want to play as them very much i mean I, I don't have that problem i'm like you know what it's all white noise to me at this point i'm just like you know <laughs> what what can you do how can you, you what, know, get me how do they this? work <laughs> good enough <laughs> which is also like that's also a valid uh play style there, there's like there's no right way to play that game as far as i'm concerned I mean, look, I don't like Child as a character, but if I, mm-hmm. you know, if I need him for something and if I want to pull for him, I might as well because it's like, okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I I like versatility uh, in in my uh, characters, especially in action games, just because I don't, I'm lazy. I don't want to have to change my party out to accommodate a bunch of situations. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I mean... If if we're talking casts, I would say like maybe the Honkai cast is a little bit more my speed. I kind of like them as characters a little bit better than the Genshin sure. cast. There I feel is, there's also you know. just a slight difference in the target of that storytelling. Um, there's there's an el- there's there's like an element in Star Rail particularly that feels like it's trying to tell a a an, a story aimed at a slightly older audience. I can't really put my finger on why it just sort of feels that way to me oh yeah i mean i i noticed like in the uh lafu arc like both both the uh main characters that you meet and the antagonists aren't good or evil like they're mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they're kind of morally gray you know i i, I yeah. remember just hating the the main the main uh quote-unquote good guys of the of the mm-hmm. lafu mm-hmm. because i'm like sure. you know what you know this, this this cult stuff happened on your watch and right. you, you didn't take it seriously and you know the 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 this, the you know the cult you know while they're crazy kind of have a good point in that you know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't want to get into too, too much spoilers but it's just <laughs> like there's there's one part that really did bother me well towards the end where you uh, encounter mm-hmm. an antagonist and, and 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 you know one of the characters is like you know Oh, we we didn't we didn't do nothing wrong. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. sure about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. There's there's some very good uh, there's some good nuance there, and I think the thing that Honkai does well is it doesn't really give you the judgment call that the the story makes. It just kind of presents the information to you, and you can make a judgment call. Like it's left in your hands as a audience member. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, same same thing like you know with with the villains in that game like i think outside of outside of uh what's her name uh what's what's her stupid name the flower lady uh i don't remember her name whatever uh outside of like her i i think mm-hmm. like they do try to humanize the villains a little bit better like you know Topaz sure. is like you understand her goals mm-hmm. you understand why mm-hmm. she's doing what she's doing you understand why Kakolia did what she did and what have you. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, outside of like, you know, Flower flower Lady, I don't think any of the villains uh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. F- uh, Fantilia? 
Yeah, I Fantilia, think? sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know who you're talking about. What the heck was that name? Yes, that's it. Her. Cool outside design. Of- <laughs> like, outside of her, like, she's the only character I can think of who's, like, just generic evil. And I'm kind of like, eh, I hate this character. Sure. She's just, like, generic <laughs> evil. She's a, a villainous, a, a villainous villain. And, you know, sometimes that's fun, too. like uh and, and yeah that kind of bugged me as well like another thing that really bugged me about that arc was like when when after fantilia is defeated it's like oh yeah don't worry about her i'm like are you sure she won't try this again because you didn't really <laughs> feel like you guys beat her for good i don't know it's it's <laughs> fine we handled it <laughs> said with the same energy as there is no war in bossing say <laughs> <laughs> It also bugged me where it's like, what about the Stellaron? Like we didn't, we don't even get to see them like seal the Stellaron. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's a thing that can corrupt people and ruin planets, and it's our job to seal it, but we don't get to seal it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I I like to give a lot of these games uh, grace in their storytelling and just be like, okay, you're not telling me things. Are you doing that on purpose or did you just forget? I'm going to wait and see, especially when they're games with these long roadmaps. (laughs) Because let's be real, I'm sure the assumption is that we're going to be playing Star Rail for another 10 years if Hoyo have their way, at least. Um, Which... I don't know that they would have everything mapped out, but I imagine they have something outlined uh, that that is pointing things in various directions. I'm fairly sure that's true of Genshin as well. Um, and, you know, count the other umpteen billion Gasha games off the list that I don't touch because my wallet can only afford so many things. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's just interesting to kind of watch and be like, okay, are you withholding this? because you're keeping it in your pocket for something a year down the road or was that just something you just decided was unimportant and we're not going to touch on it again and it's hard to tell sometimes look all i'm gonna say is the danes lift stuff better pay off like oh that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) that's a listen i there are people out there who are like saving and every single primo gem that comes their way assuming he is going to be a playable character (laughs) Oh no, he's. I don't playable. understand that. He's he's been announced playable since 2020. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, but when <laughs> is the question? <laughs> oh, it'd be so funny if like you know the game came out and everyone knew it was Yuri Lowenthal, but he couldn't say anything <laughs> mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. it was playable. Oh God, that. I mean. I won't say that kind of thing doesn't happen when you're doing VO in games because I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know the like exactly how long of a tale we're talking there. But it can definitely be years. I was sort of shocked at how quickly uh, after recording um, I was able to announce Alpine. To be quite honest, because the the AAA games usually take quite a long, have a long time. I mean, you don't know sometimes, you know, sometimes because you guys work on these games uh, years in advance. So sometimes it's just like something as simple as, hey, you know, we need you in for this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So I, I don't know. Like, it's 
it's one of those things where I, I have to be careful whenever I ask an actor about a specific thing because either they sure. recorded something mm -hmm. in advance and they don't remember it or they still are in the dark as as, as the rest <laughs> of us. So yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, like I uh, I didn't even know the character's name when I was recording it because that was codenamed as well. So like when it came time and they were like, hey, everybody's allowed to announce it on X date. I was like, who can you tell me who I played? <laughs> I felt like an absolute goofball asking the question, but I was like, which which one am I announcing? Because <laughs> I didn't know. I wasn't certain. And that's not uncommon. Yeah, so it happens a lot. I remember talking mm -hmm. to someone about a project that they did and they were like, I, I'm, tr I, 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 I'm sure I recorded something for that, but... You gotta understand this was like 2017 and I'm trying to, mm -hmm. and I don't even remember. Like, most yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially like I, I am early enough in my career that I kind of remember the majority of roles. And I, I'm also one of those people that just tracks everything uh, as, as, as project management is a thing I, I, I kind of do. So it's just how I, how I approach it. But if you're like, a, a long-standing veteran and you were doing this like fully full-time uh i can only imagine it becomes very difficult to track your work uh after a while and you just kind of go yeah i don't know i recorded like five different characters for this one and i don't know what the game was i guess i'll find out when it comes out if someone tells me <laughs> oh no joke i remember talking to someone and i and i told them like so you were in so-and-so game. What was that like? And and he had to stop and, and he had to look up and he's like, wait, that's out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because they don't always tell you either. Um, it, it varies by studio uh, and by, you know, scale of the game and how much they want to make a thing of it, right? So sometimes you just don't know. <laughs> And and what was weird about that wasn't the fact that he didn't know, but it was like the game was like a week old at this point. So mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. how can you not know? <laughs> it's been out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would venture to guess a vast majority of us voice actors are probably gamers, at least by now in the current generation. But not everyone is, uh, and maybe not in every genre. So it's easy to it can be easy to miss because there's just so many games coming out all the time now. <laughs> True. I mean, it's it's hard to keep up. And, and I, yeah. I said this before, but I, I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to pick like only two or three games. And if I can't uh -huh. finish them in, in X amount of time, then I'm going to stop playing and move on to yep. the next thing. Yeah, there's just there's too many. And I mean, the bar of quality is pretty substantial for quite a lot of them. So it does become a case of like, you really have to just decide how to spend your time. Like what is the, what are the ones that are in your top three versus trying to get through everything that comes out in the spring that you would normally want to play, especially if you're, you know, a working adult, because <laughs> we only have so much time. I remember like powering through um, Honkai Star Rail's story mode. Cause mm, I, just, mm -hmm. like, I just want to get through this as quick as possible. Cause there's like a <laughs> bunch of other yeah. stuff I need to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I kind of took my time and took it easy with that one because the game, like, made it easy to do that. Um, but there's definitely, like, a lot of a lot of these, like, old JRPGs that are getting remakes or remasters coming out. And I'm like, no, I need, I don't 
don't have time to sink 80 hours into this, but I really want to play it. <laughs> no, I, I said this before, but um, I still have not played Spider-Man 2. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I know mm -hmm. I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have a PS5, so... <laughs> I haven't invested yet and I feel bad, but someday. Uh, so I am also not on the Spider-Man 2 train. Because that, that's another game where I'm just like, oh, God, I got to make time for, to play this one. That's another mm -hmm. one that's like on the, mm -hmm. on the wait list. It's like, am I ever going to get to it? Probably not. Probably not until like 10 years from now. Right. After, after it's like no longer relevant to people. <laughs> it's like, I finally there's played just so, Again, there's just so many things coming out all the time yeah it's like just just i i i i'm i'm at that point where i'm just looking at all the stuff and i'm just like okay do i want to invest the time and money into this mm -hmm. yes or no mm -hmm. yep it 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 just becomes again you have to evaluate like what are what are the things that are important to you and you know Try try the stuff out, and if it's not if you're not really gelling with it, move on to the next thing on your list. Uh, I'm I'm always like a bit bummed when I don't finish a thing, but sometimes it's just you kind of have to. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm again. I, like I said before, I will always be behind when it comes to Genshin. Oh yeah, I'm sure. There's going to come a point where I'm no longer going to be up to date with Honkai, but that's fine. I'm, because like there's just other stuff I want to play because sure and especially like like you said you know back back uh, you know uh, during this conversation in that we're at that point where uh, games as a ser games as a service are starting to become the norm and yep. you're starting to see all these games put out like seasonal content yep and if you don't play the game during that that period of time then you then you miss out on it and it's like mm -hmm. okay you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you have to, you know, just decide where you're divvying your time and uh how how important getting whatever special event stuff is to you versus whatever else you might have going on. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day it's like, you know, if you if this is something that appeals to you, if this is something you want for whatever reason, then go for it and if not then it's fine, you know, like mm -hmm. I like I said, it, I didn't jump on the Genshin train until like a year until it's and until it it came out, and even then I didn't like take it seriously until like last year. So it's like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it took me a while to get to get to be like, okay, I'm gonna play this game for real now. Yeah, I I couldn't fathom being a, a brand new player trying to join now because there's just so much to get caught up with. I I would feel overwhelmed personally. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you also mentioned that you're um, a sound uh, sound designer. Oh no, I um, I'm a UX designer, so I design oh, okay. software interfaces. <laughs> sound design is really cool, though, and I have a passing curiosity, but I am not skilled. <laughs> oh, sorry, I I must have like confused that again. That's you know, that's I'm no worries being a dumb dumb, not realizing <laughs> that there's a difference. <laughs> I, there are umpteen billion titles with designer in them. Uh, it, it gets thrown around a lot uh, for different reasons. But yeah, no, I design software interfaces uh, for like business products. <laughs> it's not the most exciting thing, but it is uh, it, it, it's interesting in its own way. What have you worked on, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I, I mean, this is 
anybody who goes to my LinkedIn page will see every place I've worked for. So it's not like it's hidden. Um, I have worked mainly in the ed tech and professional development type of space. Uh, nowadays, I develop HR software. So like for hiring and, and uh, people management and things like that. Uh, so I kind of work in that in that arena. So would you say that you're a voice actor who also does that on the side? Or are you uh, a designer who's also a voice actor? If we're if we're looking at where most of my money comes from, it's the latter. If we look at what, uh, you know, my preference, I'd say the former. <laughs> I love both equally for different reasons. Um, but the fact of the matter is that I like having income uh, that is steady and reliable as well. And I, you know, I'm in the U.S., so we need insurance and things like that. So got to have a day job until the VO starts to fully pay for itself. I've only been like fully, fully professionally doing this uh, for a couple of years at this point in terms of having had a demo made and, and having an agent and things like that. Um, Spellforce 3, I think, was done... When did I record that? It was like 2017, 2018. Um, but then I kind of had a gap for a while where I wasn't really sure if that was a thing I really wanted to dive into fully. Um, so I was almost kind of, you know, on hiatus for a little bit and then really started to get getting into it around uh, 2020 and getting back invested and investing in my home studio setup and things like that. Um, and And then it all gradually started snowballing a little. But, but I mean, it's still impressive that, you know, you managed to book like two big video games in a short amount of time, like, you know, Call of Duty and Genshin Impact mm -hmm. are, are, are nothing to sneeze at, you know? <laughs> sure. No, I've been, I, I am confused, but grateful at the things that I have so early on in my resume. I don't know how that's happened. <laughs> um, it does, it does feed the imposter syndrome at least a little bit, uh, but I I try to remind myself that like, no, I, I did that. I, I got that for a reason. They wouldn't have picked me if I wasn't actually good at this job. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've been very grateful. Like I've gotten to do some stuff on Hearthstone, which was cool and near and dear to my heart because I used to be such a long time WoW player. Um, and you know, I like half the WoW players, I'm sure I would mimic the voices and things way back when I was younger. Uh, and then I got to actually like do a gnome voice and have a character, a little card. And it was cool. <laughs> I'll be thankful it wasn't an orc. Otherwise, like, it would have shredded <laughs> your vocal cords. <laughs> oh, I mean, ironically, that was the first like character thing I did when I when I set up for those Skyrim mods. The very first character I auditioned for was an orc. <laughs> Like, look, man, I I love the orc voices, but like hearing people talk about like how it almost like destroyed them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, just by doing it for four hours, I'm just like, man, that kind of that's like that's rough. That's like really yeah. Rough. That's the that's again that's a different kind of vocally strenuous thing, and I mean, I. I have more than once considered uh, doing some lessons and learning how to do things like metal scream so I can use false chord uh, phonation and things safely to be able to do that work better. Not interested in actually like doing metal singing, but knowing how to do that technique will make it a lot easier to do those kinds of creature voices or whatever else. 
and to do it without you know blasting your vocal cords into oblivion <laughs> oh man i i love people who, who can like do that stuff because it's like i don't know why it's a why. skill <laughs> i don't know why that stuff fascinates me but it does and just like doing metal voice just like i don't care like you know the lyrics can be terrible, but like if someone has a really cool metal voice, I will listen to mm -hmm. it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you know. it's a it it's it's really fascinating. Like that is that is its own skill. Uh and like obviously it's not for everyone from a listener perspective, but you still have to respect the amount of work and uh you know ability that goes into training and doing that well. Yeah, doing doing it the like the correct way so you don't hurt yourself is is the thing that's super important. But fortunately, there's a lot of recognition of that now, and so there's a lot of uh, instructors or or resources to learn how to do that the right way. Yeah, and it's just it, and it just sounds cool. It just sounds mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's super super cool stuff. Um, and it just I don't know it. It does neat things as a as a piece of musical media. I I don't know if you remember uh, the darkness at all. I'm, I'm kind I of do. Kidding. Okay, the only reason anybody should play that game is to listen to what was that singer's name? Mark something. Oh gosh, I don't remember. It's been so long. But yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Because they got like a musician to do the the darkness, the titular mm -hmm, darkness mm -hmm. demon thing, and he mm -hmm, and he's mm -hmm. using his metal voice for the whole thing. And I'm just like, we yeah. need more. Of this. We need more. Yeah. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that that stuff. Uh, that stuff is super cool. And, and and that's the reason why I love uh, Steve Blum's Baraka so much is because he's trying mm -hmm. to do like a metal version of Baraka. Mm. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just I just love you know creature voices and death metal. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, there we go. Mm -hmm. If you can do both, there's a those. there's a very strong overlap between the two. <laughs> just creature voices and death metal. There we yep. go. <laughs> yep. I, I I have not approached creature voices quite yet. I the the closest I'm getting to that is I can do a real solid uh, old crone, uh, which we'll we'll see if that ever manifests into anything castable yet. But it's there in the toolkit in case I need it. <laughs> so, uh, are there any franchises you would like to be a part of? Oh gosh, um, I mean, most any of the things that I'm a fan of, like I I have been. I mentioned before uh, I'm, I'm much more of a RPG type of person. That's kind of where I spend a lot of my gaming time. So I've been playing the final fantasy series since I was small and uh, that would be cool someday. Um, gosh, what else? Really any, any of the square Enix stuff is always really cool. Uh, I I I feel like it would be really an incredible full circle moment if you know if Elder Scrolls ever actually comes out with another game someday it'd be neat to be in that franchise uh given my roots in Skyrim mods uh and I do like a lot of the the western RPG space now like I got busy and I haven't finished and I feel bad about it but man Baldur's Gate 3 is a work of art it's real good uh and the like the stuff Larian is producing these days is just really impressive. So yeah. 
I, I, I look at studios more than I look at specific IPs a lot of times. Um, but those are a few of my, my, the ones I admire a lot and it'd be really cool to be in someday. Oh no, I, I totally think that I, I, I don't usually use the word masterpiece a lot. Cause I feel like that's mm -hmm. kind of like a, a term that, that people throw around for no, for no reason whatsoever, sure. but Sure. I legitimately think Baldur's Gate 3 is a masterpiece in every sense of the word because the stuff that they that they managed to to do in that game to this day boggles my mind. It's like mm -hmm. there's no way they they should have been able to do this <laughs> much less seamlessly and it just works so well and I'm just like yeah, why couldn't this have been the Dragon Age franchise? Yeah, it's 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 changed the bar a little bit, I feel, um, which is not a bad thing. And it's you know, I again playing the comparison game is just the death of anything and everything. But I think they did something really cool, and I feel like we're going to start to see studios skew in that direction just based on how successful that game has been because they've kind of set a new example for people to to start to follow or or a new expectation for players to have in that space which can be a little dangerous sometimes <laughs> i mean hey man if it if it moves the needle then i'm all for it but yeah. again if if we're just going to spend the next couple of decades with a bunch of baldur's gate 3 clones that right. aren't very good it's like yeah <laughs> It, it it comes down to the amount of like the amount of heart or the amount of you know care put into the product as well like are you doing it to ride the wave of that that particular genre or are you doing it because you genuinely love that experience and want people to have a certain experience just reminds me of that period where like remember when batman arkham uh, the arkham series like redefined like combat and then every third person game tried to <laughs> kind of did same the same thing. yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah just, and it just doesn't work because it's like okay you're just adding this because you saw it someone else do it and it's like sure do your own thing you know take sure take, or take... the or the umpteen million uh souls likes that exist uh the fact that we have the term souls like now is telling <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll I, i'll admit it Lies of P, while while not a fantastic game, is kind mm -hmm. of fun in in how absurd it is. Mm. I've not gotten to play it, but it looks really cool. I I'm again a little bit of a chicken, and I have not had the courage to dive into the Souls games at all or any of their adjacent uh, ones, despite loving the concept. Just because, again, the difficulty scares me a little. <laughs> But I love their approach to world building and the atmosphere they create. I think like Bloodborne was like created some really cool things, and I would love to play that one of these days. Again, and I'm and I'm someone who's into medieval stuff, so it's like okay, you know, if you're going to be doing like a a lot of medieval medieval themed dark fantasy, I'm all mm -hmm. for it, you know. And they yeah, well. absolutely. And they well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> The, the the fantasy genre is is like um, my bread and butter for for a lot of media, so I, I love it when I see it done well. It just give me just give me the ability to to, to beat up a bunch of skeletons or death knights, and I'm good. You know, <laughs> I love that exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, uh, before I wrap this up, can you give us an yeah. update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Sure. Um, I, for better or worse, I'm still on Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. <laughs> um, I also stream on the weekends uh, pretty late at night on Twitch and have been for, I don't know, five, six years and counting um, JRPGs and visual novels and that sort of thing. Um, I am Little Cup of Joe basically everywhere on the internet. Uh, if there's a social media platform, I've probably grabbed the name on there. How active I am, hard to tell. Uh, as far as what I'm working on, mostly things that I can't talk about. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 just came out, though, and you can play as me, as uh, Alpine. And you can also, uh, again, you can also uh, hear jessica and genshin that's another one yes <laughs> no, the... I, I i'm scattered around fontaine as a bunch of very stylish ladies and i am uh i make an appearance in Linny's character quest so there you go um again two big games <laughs> the fact that you managed to to book them in, in a short amount of time just like floors me because it's like usually when usually when i talk to people it's like they're they usually booked like a couple things but then sure you know, as the years go on, they book this like really big thing. And I'm like, oh man, yeah. if I had known, if I had known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you never can tell, uh, right? Like it, this, there's no one path and there's really no one way this stuff happens. Like there is a little bit of luck involved <laughs> sometimes I feel like. <laughs> but again, like I said, it is very impressive that you managed to book like two big projects in a short amount of time yeah that thank you truly impressive because usually like the people i've talked to have have been working for for a while and they usually mm -hmm. are just either just starting out or you know are building up credits but sure. the fact that you managed to book something as big as call of duty and and uh and and genshin is just like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's a there's a lot of training uh that went that went on uh under the hood ahead of all of that right like i and i still train i still take classes i still mentor with a bunch of different coaches all the time um because as far as i'm concerned uh i will never be perfect but i might as well strive for it <laughs> anyway thank you so much for taking the time off to do this this has been a wonderful conversation if you ever want yeah to back, thank you, know, you. find me Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks.